Rope is one of my favorites, and then Floggers is one of my favorites, which I feel like are your two favorites too. (laughs) Fire too. I love fire. Fire. It's hot, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sweet Release. Hi, Zen. Hello, Barbie. Mm. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. You are someone that I've just admired a lot in the last few years we've known each oh. other. Or <laughs> five years, I think now, maybe even six. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about BDSM today. But before that, I want to just introduce you a little bit. Okay. So you are from Chinese descent from Malaysia mm-hmm. and you moved here when you were about 20 years old or moved mm-hmm. to the US. Yes. And you're you know growing up in a predominantly Muslim country made that comes with a lot of challenges. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and you've had to overcome them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had, you know, it dealt with a lot of shame for your ethnicity, for your gender, for um, your erotic self. Mhm. So you've kind of, in your adult life, you feel like you're just this student of life and of yourself and have really kind of honed in on these experiences and exploring yourself and and empowering individuals Mm -hmm. um, through BDSM and ethical Mm non-monogamy. So I want to start off with kind of hearing your experience with where you began this BDSM journey and kind of what it means to you because it's mm. such a broad and complex mm-hmm. space. Absolutely. So that's a really good question. Um, I kind of don't really know where to begin in the sense uh, my exploration for ethical non-monogamy as well as BDSM were kind of separate. So I initially went into and dived into more of the ethical non-monogamy part of it in terms of relationship with a, a partner. And um, my first exploration of that started back in 2011. And um, as time went on, um, just more and more I discovered about myself through that explorations. And it almost seems like I have this natural tendency to want more exciting, more adventures. And the more taboo it is, the better type situation. Because I've always been more of a unconventionalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to do things that are not typically normal or conventional to the normal society or like the common society um, acceptance. So, and it kind of started with rope at Shishibari. And I've actually tied myself, like restrained myself, and I actually enjoy that very much. And it's just a little element of connection to myself in some ways, being restrained and not being able to move, but kind of surrendering my control to my partner in a sense from that standpoint. Um, and then, lo and behold, throughout the years, and then I met another partner who was really much into BDSM as well, and um, explored BDSM from a flogging standpoint for impact play, and the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> so I've explored a lot of variety, a uh, wide range of aspects of BDSM. So, mm-hmm. and that's how it started back in 2011. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find you're gravitated more towards the submissive side or more towards the dominant side? Or do you feel that it, it's a mood thing? Mm. Um, 
that's also another interesting uh, perspective that I've sort of gathered for myself. And obviously from the beginning when I first started, um, I saw submission as submitting to another person. And dominance is dominating over uh, another person. So it's like, and I do believe that there's actually dominance and submission within us, like a yin and yang uh, balance within us. So, and as throughout my experiences and my journey of knowledge and just learning about all the different kinds of aspects of BDSM, um, I would say dominance is more leadership. So it's the leadership of yourself and protection of yourself on your safety and accountability for yourself, right? And, and all those, like, th those, those elements. And then from a submission standpoint, it's really not being a submissive to another person, but submission to yourself, to what you trust within yourself, what you know within yourself. So the self-awareness is very important. Like that's probably one of the key ingredients of actually exploring dominance and submission safely in the context of, in the realm of BDSM. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the psychology of it, right? Like mm -hmm. that's kind of touching on the psychology of our mind and how we work and maybe our careers and mm -hmm. why we want to explore one side of the power play dynamic over mm -hmm. the other. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, I guess, knowledge about how the psychology plays a role or? It oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw from my own experience. I'm gonna share that with you guys. Is the, um, so just recently I have um, actually quit my job and actually my corporate career. Um, of 20 plus years. I have not been with this company for 20 plus years, but I've been in that role as a product manager, reporting up to the hierarchical structures of managerials, executive leaderships, and things like that, and, and people in that arena. So, and also having people that I report to me, or people, the team, uh, the team players, or the teammates that I work with, the peers that I work with. So from that standpoint, I managed to see and observe myself in a sense, like I couldn't truly be my authentic leadership style of my own. I actually lead my own, lead myself actually, uh, with that somewhat the, the financial aspects kind of hanging over my head. Because if I don't do things a certain way to appease or to get approval of my manager, or they, they don't buy in into something and I have to convince them this is the right thing to do, then I feel like I couldn't quite speak up and I have to do a lot more to actually lead myself. And I find myself not respecting, you know, the, the leadership that I actually work for or work under and work with. So when I saw that and observed that and everywhere else in my life, up until that point, I've been trying to heal a lot of like the, from the, I, won't, I, I don't want to use the word trauma because that sounds, but it is in some ways traumatic uh, because it brings up a lot of triggers and pain um, emotionally and what I've actually been missing um, and actually have been lack thereof or like what understanding. And I had to heal a lot of that part of myself. Um, and because I've so like distanced myself from people who repeat that pattern or repeated that pattern of my childhood right, where I didn't get, I don't feel like I got emotional support or emotional understanding from that standpoint, which is probably common to a lot of folks, right, in the, back in the, the baby boom days, baby boomer days, or even Gen X or Gen Z, right, it's just like, you know, the more, people are more focused on achievements instead of emotional support and actually giving people, like giving the child the tool sets 
to really understand themselves in terms of their emotions. And it's okay to actually feel anger. It's okay to feel anything and it's all valid, but to understand what those feelings are telling us. We don't have, we never, I've never been taught that skill set. So I found myself having to learn a lot of that, all, all of that stuff uh, on my own as an adult. And I should practice that through BDSM and BDSM actually like the, being in the scene and having a, you know, um, knowledgeable or wise guide or leader to guide the scene and actually allowing me to feel what I feel and be safe at the end of it, right? To actually have aftercare, to talk about things and to cry if I wanted to cry, if I needed to cry, to release where, whichever way I want to release. So it's, um, it, it's and all, that's, all that to say is at the end of the day, the work and corporate career really is not separate, you know, in terms of those two things. So it's actually all encompassing that it bleeds into your person and how you are and who you are at the corporate world in your in the profession that I had. So well said. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it a long story. It's so. a lot to unpack there. I have so yeah. many um, actually questions. Well, mm -hmm. what does it look like when like when we talk about healing, you know, I know mm -hmm. I've talked about healing yes. trauma through kink mm -hmm. um, in previous episodes, but could you kind of explain like how that actually looks with a guide or with, um, you know, a, a dominant or okay. just how, how you go about that? Does it start with the awareness and, and bringing light to those traumatic areas and mm. then the release at the end? Or like, could you kind of explain how that healing process works? Um, so are we talking about from the aspect of the role as a dominant or the leader in the scene or are we talking about from the submissions point? I think actually a good question. Yeah. I was thinking more from the submission point. Okay. Um, like uh, as, a, as a person, well I guess both, I guess just as a person that feels like they have some trauma or mm -hmm. they are curious about this idea that I've brought up multiple times, which mm -hmm. is the fact that you can heal mm -hmm. um, through kink and BDSM. Yes. So I guess I would just love to hear your perspective on how that actually happens mm -hmm. and how and how it feels when it does happen. Sure. Um, so I'm going to bring it back to connection. Mm -hmm. So is BDSM is uh, just another, not, not just, but it is one very unconventional modality and approaches in connecting between two people, in connection between two people. So if you were to think about uh, relationships, just um, you know, monogamous or non-monogamy type relationships with friends or just how you relate to another person as a partner, as a friend, is that you need to, you want the connection. Right, so BDSM or like as a dom or submission, uh, as a dominant or a submissive or top of the bottom, you know, being in a scene or like having that um, negotiated time frame, and also what is happening within the scene and what's actually like what's the safe, uh, what's the limits, right? So soft limit, hard limit, medium limit, whatever that might be, whatever's negotiated to happen within that con that container. Mm -hmm. So as a, submiss a submissive or as a bottom is to surrender and trusting the journey of it and to literally sink in and drop in into surrendering to your feelings, to not think 
and basically kind of like almost like a meditative state and to drop in into your body and feel whatever it is that is being felt, you know, in terms of impact play or sensation play or in whatever sort of kink. And it doesn't have to be penetrative sex. It doesn't have to be involving penis and vagina. And it's merely like, you know, it's literally the guidance, the dominant guiding the journey in terms of how your energy moves and how they can move your energy around for you to drop in and feel safe and emotional safety as well as physical safety to drop in to the experience of it. So you find, yeah, that I can relate to that because mm -hmm. I find that the times that I've um, had a scene um, mm -hmm. and been on the submissive side with flogging or, or you know, fire play or, mm -hmm. or whatever it was, mm -hmm. I felt this sense of calmness and meditative yes. state mm -hmm. and then there was emotions moving through me but I could I could never really fully it felt healing mm -hmm. just just like breath work and yoga and, mm -hmm. and meditating is healing right um so I do find that it's just another tool that we could use yes. to like you said drop in mm -hmm. that's a great way to put it yeah drop in and also a connection right between right. like the more you can release your energy and move your energy around mm -hmm. and actually express it whether it's verbal whether it's nonverbal, whether it's you're, you're moving your body and you're signaling and indicating basically having a conversation in a nonverbal way sometimes to the dominant to the partner that you're actually doing the scene with you know, whether it's that person is a, a switch or if it's dominant or actually a submissive can be, you know, in some ways, because what I mentioned earlier is that a person has a dominance and submission within them. So you, in some ways, even when you're leading and guiding a journey as a dominant in that role, you are still submitting to something. You're submitting to yourself and allowing yourself to have that confidence to guide that journey for another person and to have that knowledge and, you know, to, to read and to watch out for a lot of different factors and what's going on with the person that you're actually responsible for in that in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And then from a submissive standpoint, a well, bottom standpoint, you know, they they uh, to feel safe, right? To create that safety for themselves and also partially in safety with the dominant also um, to kind of co-create that experience for each other in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. If someone wants to explore kink, um, mm -hmm. you know, a BDSM, how how can we educate them on certain like red flags to look mm. out for, or just certain certain things to be wary of, or mm -hmm. how how to lead with, you know, just I guess awareness and just respect and, mm -hmm. and make sure you're looking out for yourself yeah. through the process. Yeah, absolutely. Mindfulness, very, very crucial mm -hmm. in terms of especially exploring something that is potentially risky, you know, because that there is impact involved and it could be that whole pain pleasure line. Um, it could be a little dicey if you're not fully aware of uh, where you're at in terms of your knowledge or what you're looking for and like what to get out, what, what you're looking to get out of from a scene, from being in the container uh, with a dominant, with a guide. So um, I would say probably if like the ideal state would be to know um, that you can actually inventory, like get, get an inventory of how you're able to understand your feelings 
and where you're at at that moment in time before even embarking on this journey and experiencing a scene in the BDSM context. Uh, why I say that's important is because similar to like, if you don't know the basic foundation of where you're at, if you keep adding more to it, it's just gonna confuse the matter, right? Confuse yourself. Like it's gonna be more information adding in when you don't have the collection of data of yourself that you already have. And if you don't have that understanding or good enough understanding at the very least from the emotional standpoint, what, what is your, like what traumas you've been through and understanding like what have you healed from or to what extent uh, based on even reading, talking to people, or having maybe a support group system that you already have um, to talk about things like that um, and to learn from, you know, from each other. Um, it's, it's going to be very confusing if you don't have that foundational layer of who you are at that point in time. Because then as you grow and as you learn more, it's just adding more data onto who you are and how you're feeling and what your thought process is and adding to your perspective. So if you don't have a somewhat of a clarity of where you're at, it's just going to make it a little bit more confusing and harder yeah. to dissect. Yeah, it's harder to discern what's, what's, what's you and what's not you, you know, or what you're feeling. And because all of us have intuition, we have very strong intuition. And if you don't know what your intuition is telling you, and it's actually mucked up with murky with other information that is like now Oh my God, BDSM, all new stuff. I don't know how to dissect this. I don't know how to make sense of all this stuff. It's going to confuse your intuition even more. So that's, I guess, would be my recommendation or my suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, when you first embark onto exploring, you know, a very complex, um, potentially very complex and risky endeavor mm -hmm. to, to watch out for yourself in that sense. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice. Mm -hmm. Great advice. My cat is just meowing over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So how, yeah. So I'm still kind of curious. Like, how do we differentiate between possible like um, just how do I word this? How do we kind of differentiate between situations that are positive and wonderful and situations mm. that could you know I, well like the mindfulness right like we mm -hmm. have this level of awareness and yes. in ourselves and I don't think I fully had that when I first started mm -hmm. exploring Neither did BDSM. I. <laughs> and so I'm specifically thinking of this time where I was with someone who claimed that he was a dominant mm -hmm. but in hindsight, like after that, it was just a three month relationship. But mm -hmm. after that, I felt like a lot of the, the times where he was doming me mm -hmm. um, were really not consensual. And I didn't feel, I felt as though I was doing it to appease him yeah. or, or for his benefit, for his pleasure, because I mm -hmm. wanted to be a good partner and I wanted right. to, to make him feel good. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not a good, that's not good <laughs> way to do it. So I guess I'm just thinking like, I guess a, a good way to put it is if, how do we kind of help people, like what would we want to tell our younger selves, I guess, mm -hmm. to look out for in those situations? Like, mm -hmm. is there any red flags or are there any 
ways that you could differentiate between like maybe a possibly harmful situation mm -hmm. and a positive one. Right. Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's tough. Yeah. It, it is tough because it's subjective and it, di it sure. differs and varies, you know, uh, from person to person. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also like in terms of looking for a, or not looking for, but like, a like you meet a potential dominant that you want to collaborate with or you want to actually experience uh, a certain journey with um, in the context of kink or BDSM. Um, it is, I think the, the root, the probably one of the basic things is very similar to um, just relationships in general. Again, relationship, like if you were to meet a friend, right? You meet someone, you have this like natural energy, like if you were to meet in person, you could sense their energy right away, whether they are actually um, good for you or not, or healthy for you or not. Or sometimes actually like the ones that you would meet and you have that draw and the pull of that energy may may actually be a mirror of where you're at and what you're missing and what's supposed, what, what you're supposed to learn from that experience, meeting with that person, having that energy um, collaboration or exchange in some ways. So I, I wouldn't, I, I want to shy away from using the word red flag because yeah. it, it, in, in, in and of itself, it can be a judgment, right? Because a red flag to someone may not be a red flag for the, to others. And it might be misconstrued in a lot of ways because if you clearly don't know that person and maybe it's speaking different terminologies that you're not used to. So you might see it as like, oh my God, that's a red flag. And because that's what you were taught, uh, like, taught to believe is a red flag. So I want to sort of reframe that a little bit. And in terms of trying to, um, when you explore like what would be the lesson that I would teach myself or tell myself now, knowing what I know now, and because I had a very similar um, type dynamic um, experience in terms of when I first explored uh, kink and BDSM, is to gain that tool set, you know, gain that skill set to for yourself and learn how to um, communicate and articulate what's going on within you. And if you can do that, and then you can actually share that with someone, um, to talking to a friend even, right? And if you know how to do that, and you can discern, okay, I'm actually feeling a certain way. How do I talk about this? What does it mean to me? And then when you will share that, and you have that curiosity about yourself, and if the other person is not curious either about themselves, that's a something to watch out for if they don't ask questions about you. They just share what they know about themselves and they know about the topic um, at hand, but they don't share, hey, so how do you see this? How do you see that? What's your perspective? How do you feel about this? And actually even asking, um, actually communicating, really communicating and really trying to comprehend, understand you and vice versa. Um, and in some ways helping you understand yourself too and if the healthy dominant, a true dominant, would see all these questions and they would see what might be value add that they can bring into your life, having that sort of dynamic and having that session or a, a scene and doing it with you in that way. Mm -hmm. And then to ask questions, right? For yourself to ask questions, it's like, okay, so, how many years have you been exploring this? And how do you see this perspective? And to have that conversation. The one thing to really watch out for if it's a person, whether it's a guy or female dominant, straight away ask you, it's like, let's do a scene together. 
you know, without having a conversation and really understanding where you're at, who you are, where your understanding is of yourself, or the topic in, at hand. That's a, a, somewhat a risky move and it's something to watch out for. Like mm -hmm. that's a, that's like, hmm, okay, is this person really aligned with what I'm looking for? Right. Does this person actually, is it doing it for themselves or like for their egos, for whatever? But it's not about collaboration. It's not about mutual reciprocation of playing different roles, but it's an equal collaboration and reciprocation within the scene, mm -hmm. just playing different roles. Yeah. Yeah. And respect too. That's not really Absolutely. respecting mm -hmm. your partner or right. what, whoever it is, yeah. you know, the person involved. Absolutely. And then consent, that's another topic, which is huge, obviously, in the non-monogamy slash kink slash BDSM world is that just because I say yes to something because of my lack of awareness or knowledge about something does not automatically mean that that person, like the dominant or the leader should say, okay, let's go for it without having further conversation about different things, especially when it comes down to impact play that would potentially bring up and trigger, you know, a lot of different things within yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so open communication is so Absolutely. huge. Transparency. Right, mm -hmm. transparency, asking questions, yeah, yes. like you said. Mm -hmm. And then just trusting your gut when it comes to respect and consent and making sure you're asking yes. everything to get, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, and I want to add to there's actually quite a few aspects um, of discernment or mm -hmm. communication, like areas to touch, aside from like what I just mentioned, because it can go pretty deep. Uh, it can go pretty expensive and pretty deep. And to really, really get, like to trust yourself with putting your hands or putting yourself in the hands of someone else, you know, and giving them the responsibility to take care of you and to guide you through an experience and a journey. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's a and, lot, and it's very vulnerable <laughs> afterwards because yes. it's vulnerable whether it's impact play or mm -hmm. or bondage. Yes, um, it like you said, it can bring up a lot because it is vulnerable. So mm -hmm. you're just feeling vulnerable. You're open. You're exposed. Like it's yes. like all your chakras are vibrating, mm -hmm. if you will. Yes, absolutely. Energetically. Yes. Um, do you have any moments that were so profound for you that were just... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I, I, mean, I don't mean to cut you off. No, so. that's exactly. Okay. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Share. So, my first very profound moment, and this was what actually inspired me to pursue and to um, explore BDSM the way I have been is um, I was going through some I was actually processing and going through and feeling a lot of emotional pain at one point um, and it was more romantic based uh, there's a romantic partnership base and I felt like I had a lot of love to give and but that person because of circumstances um, um, I had to let that go and I had to, I had to let that, 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 the relationship and everything, let that go purely because it just was the right thing to do. Not, not just for myself, but also for that person, you know, for them to, because I love that person so much and I want the best for them. But I also didn't quite see what's not best for me in some ways. So either way, um, I actually, um, my un unofficial mentor, um, I'm gonna mention his name, um, Orpheus Black, 
he he has been a true north star guiding light for me in a lot of ways so and i was um i had i, I didn't even really know what i was looking for during that scene and it was just like I, I attended an advanced vlogging workshop with him that he was actually coaching. And at the end of it, I was just like, hey, um, can you, you know, are, are you able to, or do you have the capacity to do a mini scene with me, a vlogging scene with me? And he's like, absolutely. So we did. And I was able to drop in because I trust him explicitly and implicitly. Um, and he just, I just feel safe around him. Like he's a very safe energy. And, um, Flog after flog after flog after flog. I don't know for how long because I wasn't wearing a watch. I wasn't looking at the time. And it felt like a very short time, but also very long in some ways. So my time sense is warped. And he just kept flogging. He was flogging all over my body. So it's like from the back, not the from the front, but the back some point. And it went to, and at one point it went to my, the back, like right here, my, the, the back of my back essentially. And he kept hitting impact, impact, and very rhythmic, very cathartic type situation. It's just like, keep very, like just hitting and hitting. And then I felt this sense of like an energy that I don't recognize, uh, emotion or feeling something that I don't recognize. It's almost like I was out of my body and I could feel the energy go woof, 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 right? Like expanding and then contracting, expanding, contracting with every impact. And my mind, was at that moment in time, I had to go into my mind, I'm like, I don't recognize this. What the F is this? <laughs> shut it down, shut it down. Like, I don't, I'm not familiar, shut it down. My body's trying to protect myself. And then to the point of like, because he kept doing it and I still didn't stop it. And I was like, you know what? Let it rip. I cannot contain that, that energy anymore. So I had to release it. I had to literally like just let go and release and I cried. I trembled. It's just, I could feel like I was being exercised almost. It was like my, my pain was released. It was just, everything was felt. And of course I orgasmed, you know, through that, which is really interesting too. And uh, it's like the pain, the, the impact pain and also the emotional pain and like really dug deep and I couldn't contain it. So like that, the, I could like visualize it even. I could visualize it, I could feel it. And at the end of it, it's like I collapsed. And I, I remember being after the fact though, is um, like at the, during the aftercare, um, when I came back to kind of resetting back to a more normal state, um, more calm, relaxed state, I remember saying to myself, and I was actually expressed that to Orpheus too, is that like, I have never felt anything like this before and I want to be able to do this and give this to other people and, having that, and providing that experience for other people. And in that sense, it's actually very healing. And when we talked about earlier, you know, about healing through BDSM and through like the therapy, therapeutical effects of it, that was one of them. That was the most profound moment, the first most profound moment that I've ever experienced in the a very short amount of time and only flogging, nothing else. Mm. So it was really, really powerful That's for me. special. Very and special. The fact that you wanted to give that to other people is really cool. I mean, you've given it to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, that's, that's awesome. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, we both kind of have this, um, I guess, innate energy to want to heal and, and give and, mm -hmm. and share with the world. Um, 
and you are now offering like one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. and consulting as Mm -hmm. well for individuals that are curious about exploring Mm -hmm. which is wonderful (laughs) (laughs) yay (laughs) is there any other advice that you can think of that you would want to give to someone that would is curious about just this area or maybe resources or or any other place that they could go to find more knowledge about this or um absolutely so there is actually um I, I won't, I mean, it's a good resource to start with um, in terms of if you like reading, um, you know, books such as I think the bottoming book and the topping book, it's good to sort of get a baseline, a very basic understanding of what it all means. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that is a Bible per se, uh, because it has a lot more connective uh, aspects to topping and bottoming or dominance and submission to it. So many aspects of it. Um, and if that's how you prefer to learn, um, is to kind of get that knowledge, sure. I would say your podcast is actually a really good resource <laughs> to kind of learn more about your own sexuality, your own um, eroticism, you know, and there's no shame to any of it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's like the one key thing is to remember to your, telling yourself, it's like, there's no shame in whatever you want in terms of eroticism, in terms of sexuality. Like you are a feminine, you, you, you are a masculine in any shape or form, like just because you're masculine, you're identified as more masculine or a male, cis, hetero, you know, male, whatever identification. It does not mean that if you will be a submissive or be in a more uh, a receiving type uh, role as a submissive or in the submission, it does not mean that you're not masculine. And also just because you are like, as a female, more confident, more assertive, does not mean that you are masculine in nature, but it's, you know, it's more about the confidence and actually knowing in whichever way you want to explore, there's no shame to it. It's all valid. Mm, yeah, the whole point is not hurt anyone, <laughs> not intentionally and also not um, uh, to hurt people because you are hurt mm-hmm. or that you are basically projecting you know, a lot of your own insecurities or whatever it might be to other person. Right. The shame experience sometimes makes us act in ways that we feel ashamed for. Yeah. And And that's trauma bonding. We don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to encourage trauma bonding. (laughs) You can bond over trauma, but not bonding, trauma bonding. (laughs) (laughs) If someone was curious about exploring, like you talked in the beginning that you used to tie yourself. Mm-hmm. If someone's curious about maybe exploring with themselves mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. before seeking um, professionals, sure. Is do you think rope is a good place to start? Absolutely, or, yeah, absolutely. I, I encourage it too because mm-hmm. you can tie your appendages. <laughs> yeah, you can tie your just feet. tie your two feet together <laughs> and your hands together. You can bound it, and you can actually do like easy chest harness too, even though you can't see your back but you can actually feel your way through. And there's actually courses um, offered by Shibari Study mm-hmm. um, or actually even YouTube, you know, for free mm-hmm. that you can actually like tap onto. There's so many resources available that actually can be free, you know, for you to sort of explore it on your own first and learn a little bit more before you take baby steps out into like connecting with another person to do it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, rope is one of my favorites, and then floggers is one of my favorites, which I feel like are your two favorites too. Oh, yes. <laughs> fire too. I love fire. Fire. It's yeah. hot, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I had one of the best experiences with um, a flogger and fire, and it was um, it was just so profound. And I and I did feel like there was this release of I don't I didn't know what it was, but it was a climax as well as just a release of energy that mm-hmm. needed to come out. And I and it just felt raw and and incredible and I was blindfolded so I was was (laughs) distracted by the party I was at you know Mm -hmm. it was very um yeah it felt like I think the relationship I was in at the time wasn't really serving me in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and so it was one of those eye-opening things later in life that I was or later months later that I was like wow that was really therapeutic I didn't really know it was at the time Mm -hmm. um which I do think we do a lot. We realize that things are more healing, like after the fact, yes. after they happen. Yes. Do you think there's any tools that you do, like writing or journaling after a scene, or anything that helps you kind of compartmentalize or analyze the situation, or help you understand? Mm, uh, really good question. So I think my methods and approaches for that has kind of evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more into at that moment in time, be present and not overthink, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the whole point of doing a scene is to drop into your body and drop into your feelings and to release whatever needs to be released. Whatever comes up, comes up and surrender to it. So the aftercare is to reset and the reflection of it actually comes a little later. And I, 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 I'm not the type who write things down before. I've always all kept in my head. I'm more like in the head type of person. And then I think throughout the years, I've evolved to more um, journaling mm-hmm. and actually writing notes down whatever it comes up. You know, like not just, not really journaling at the reflection at the end of it per se, but it's like almost every day, if I were to be in any scenario, any experiences that I've experienced throughout the day, at the end of the day, I was just like, or when it comes up, I'll just write it down, write it down and write it down. So it's almost like, I don't want to think about it, but as a collective of da- collection of data, at the end of the day, and then at the end of the week, perhaps, and now that's what I do, is at the end of the week, I will reflect back on all the little notes that I write, and sort of remember like what was the experience on that day. And then the pattern I can see at the end of the week or at the end of the month or end of every quarter or end of every year, like to reflect back on like what are all the experiences and what came up, Mm -hmm. you know, reflect upon that. And based on like what my, what I've already known about myself, it's like, huh, this feels like shame, but it's all boils down to feelings. It's about how I feel about certain things and what feelings come up and actually having to label them and identify them and also kind of reflect on as to like what caused this is it from a conditioning from before is it familiar is it a repeated pattern of that feeling and then like what's the uh, the circumstances that brought that feeling up whether it's words that are being used whether I was I feel like I was being shamed or am I shaming myself am I judging myself in a lot of different ways so so the, the reflection part of it is almost on a daily basis, but accumulatively, you know, toward the end of the week, you kind of look back and then look back again from like maybe a month later and like accumulative effects of all the different experiences and feelings and the data points that you gather for yourself. And you have that little notes there that you write down. 
which again leads us to mindfulness. It's all about absolutely and the mindfulness and awareness, yeah. self awareness. Yes, self awareness, connection mm-hmm. with yourself. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Everything is about that. It's mm-hmm. connecting to yourself at the end of the day, with all different experiences. It's about yeah. connecting with yourself. Yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as we're like wrapping up a little bit, I mm-hmm. do. You know, one of my one of my themes here is kind of normalizing pleasure and mm-hmm. and pleasure's healing. <laughs> And this is the Sweet Release podcast. So if you're comfortable sharing the last time you had that sweet, sweet release or a moment where you felt like just it healed you or any sort of... <laughs> oh gosh, that's like so many and so often. When is that? Like, which one should I go for? <laughs> which one should I describe? The most recent, maybe. I don't know. Whatever you're comfortable with. Mm. Um... That was actually something like just last, not last week. Is it last? Yeah, it was last week, actually. It was just last week. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that that wasn't super profound, but it was actually really nice to have experienced the five level type connection um, from the same person in a few days. So a friend of mine, actually, well, I would say he's, uh, he's someone that I've been seeing and he lives out of, sta- out of state, not in, not, it's still in California, but out of state. And we had a five level type, I, I, at least I feel like that was a five level type concurrent connection. So it's mental connection, there was emotional connection, there was spiritual connection, emo- um, there was energetic connection and also physical connection. So can you imagine like that orgasm, mm. that pleasure felt? Did it last forever? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I've, been that horny for a long time (laughs) as horny as I was for a long time and it was I I knew it was possible you know to experience it with one person and it's very healthy and it's almost like being present for just that moment and I'm not seeking out more for it but it's just like it happened when it happened for that few days that he was visiting and and I just like okay you know be grateful for it and cherish it and then I let it go so it's almost like being present and then be grateful for it and then just move on from there, but also kind of have that built in, that experience, that healthiness, that um, enlightenment, I would say, mm-hmm. that I never have felt before in one person for a few days at least. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's very, very healthy and we didn't have to, it was like our communication was on point, it's always been. And he's very self-aware, I'm very self-aware. So our level of alignment was at par with each other, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like aligned with each other and very synergetic type connection. So um, in terms of healing, I guess that would be something that, because I, I know that's existed. I know that can happen. I, I, I don't think I was maybe in the state that I could receive it um, or attract that kind of connection at one point. And as I work on myself more and more continuously, and that's kind of helps drive me and gives me the motivation um, to continue doing the work on myself um, and healing more and more and myself so that I can actually attract and be surrounded by energies that are more aligned with who I am and where I want to be. Well said, and thanks for sharing. <laughs> my pleasure, my I pleasure. I appreciate it. Yes. And, and thanks again so much for being here. I've been really looking forward to this conversation with you. And Likewise. And, um, 
yeah, again, I want to mention, I'll put your information below, mm-hmm. but if anyone is curious about reaching out to you, they can connect with you and, yes. and you offer coaching mm-hmm. specifically in the BDSM realm, but also ethical non-monogamy as yes. well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kink in general. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the kink stuff. Yeah, the kinky <laughs> stuff, the unconventional stuff. <laughs> well, thank you, Zen. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. Love you. Love you too. <laughs>